Welcome aboard the USS Little Hero NCC 73117. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you will step right this way, historians, we will go to Hotel Deck 3, where you will learn the next step in the history of Starfleet with the NCC 1701 Enterprise and the adventures of Captain Kirk and his, his faithful crew. Vicky, can you take us to the coordinates where we're supposed to be for this? Aye, aye, Captain. on Google Podcast, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Apple, and Spotify and Anchor. Correct. You can contact us at Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook, Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek. Which, keep track of that one, because here soon I'm going to be doing a contest, because I bought some sun shields, and decided I would do a contest for them. Woohoo contest, woohoo! I'm going to win them all! We can't do it. You're not eligible, and neither am I. Dang the bad luck. <laughs> do you want to tell them what they can get at www.vickystartrek.com? A merch shirt! A merch shirt! Woohoo! Don't ask me why she's this hyper, I don't know. Me either. <laughs> so, Vicky, season two, episode 12, The Deadly Years. What did you think was going to happen in this one? The crew finds a colony of people who age rapidly. And how did you find this information out? 
I cheated. Shh. And you're still wrong. I know, right? <laughs> I started watching it before. But that's not the right scenario. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what the details are? Details. Detail. You want details, huh? Give us details, William. So it says here, the Enterprise discovers a colony full of rapidly aging scientists. Whatever caused the rapid aging effects, the ship's landing party, as well Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Scott, are shocked to discover that they are aging decades each day and will soon die unless a cure can be found. The unaffected checkoff may be their only survival. So I was kind of right. I did not say they were scientists. Okay. But I still cheated nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> scheduled well in advance, Doctor. The annual check of every scientific expedition is routine. I had a subspace contact with a Robert Johnson, the leader of this expedition. Oh, no. Well, did he report anything wrong? No. If it was something wrong, I can't quite pin it down as conversation was disjointed. His thoughts. And foggy. Unrelated. Check off. Check that building. Mr. Spock and I will check this one. The rest of you take a look around, see if you can find anyone. Okay, so that howling is was wind. the wind. Right. What did you think it was? I did not know. You don't know? I did not know. I'm 
3478.2. On a routine mission to resupply the experimental colony at Gamma Hydra 4, we discovered a most unusual phenomenon. Of the six members of the colony, none of whom were over 30, we found four had died and two were dying of old age. Mr. Johnson, can you hear me? I can hear you. Not that yet, you know. Not yet. <laughs> can you tell me what happened? What happened? Did your instruments show anything? Elaine was so beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. He can hear you, Jim, but he doesn't understand. Let's let him rest. If they seem lucid, I'll be in the briefing room. Stay seated. Halifax, Doctor. I've asked you to be a part of this briefing because Gamma Hydra 4 halted in your administrative area. I appreciate that. Dr. Wallace. Go ahead. So they are at Gamma Hydra 4. Yes. Gamma Hydra 4 was an uninhabited fourth planet in the Gamma Hydra system. A beta quadrant. Okay, get that? Beta, not alpha. This planet was located in both the administrative areas of Starbase 10 and the Gamma Hydra sector. It was a controversial M-class planet with an oxygen-nitrogen atmosphere and a, and a normal mass. As an expert in endocrinology, I appreciate your work very closely with Dr. McCoy. And Dr. McCoy, would you fill them in? Well, the expedition is suffering from extreme old age, and they're growing older by the minute, much older. My examinations have turned up absolutely nothing. In fact, I don't have a clue. What about the atmosphere and environment? Sensors reveal nothing which is inimical to human life. The atmosphere screens out the usual amount of harmful cosmic rays. We're close to the neutral zone between our Federation and the Romulan Empire. It's possible the Romulans have a new weapon and are using this colony as guinea pigs. I have already begun investigation in that possibility, Captain. I want you all to check out everything in your own departments. No matter how remote, how far-fetched the notion, I want to run down. To stay in orbit until we have the answer. I'm sure you want to. So Commodore Stocker, Stocker is a Federation Commodore that they picked up that they're transporting to Starbase 10, which is a Federation Starbase that was administrated by Starfleet. The base was located in the Alpha Quadrant near Deneva, and a direct course from Gamma Hydra to this base would pass through the Romulan neutral zone. Gotcha. Stanley, I am anxious to get the Starbase attended with some minor force. Yes, Commodore, we'll do everything we can to make sure you think it. Thank you, sir.
Things wouldn't change if it started all over again, would it? You have your job, I have my ship, and neither one of us will change. You said it, I didn't. All those years, I only heard from you once. A star climb when my husband died. You know, you never asked me why I got married after we called it off. Well, I suppose that you met someone you loved. I met a man I admired a great And in the same thing, you said you didn't have to give up a thing? No. Just you. checks out as a class M planet with a conventional oxygen nitrogen atmosphere. Normal mass, I can find nothing at all out of the ordinary. What about the comet in astrophysics? We're running checks on it. I've reached no conclusions as yet. The comet was a rogue and has never been investigated. Captain Kirk. Yes, Commodore. Facilities at Starbase 10 are much more complete than those on board ship. It seems to me that your investigations would be facilitated if we proceeded there. I assure you all cooperation. Thank you. I know you're anxious to get to the base. But we have a few facilities of our own here. I think the Enterprise will be quite nicer. I'll be in engineering, Mr. Swan. Maintain standard over the soon. You already gave that command, sir. Oh? Well, follow it.
think we'd better run a complete physical on you. Why? Just muscular strength. No, Jim. It's advanced arthritis. It's special. It's impossible. I get running through again. But I'll come up with the same thing. Ten years younger than I am, she was. 
age, normally at different speeds, Why Jim. Has to be age? I don't know, but I want to know. Is this you? This blood type, this heritage, his glance, his genes? His genes. All right, nurse, prepare a check off. Then try that, Dr. Wallace. Try anything, but do it quickly. I'll be on the bridge. Keep me posted as to check them. I thought you were on your way to the biochemistry lab, Doc. We both go in the same direction. So we do. Look, we know the problem. We know the progress of the affliction. Therefore, once we find the proper line of research, it's only logical we find a solution. <laughs> Sound like my first officer. <laughs> no problem is insoluble, not even ours. That didn't spring from logic. Our situation doesn't have its roots in logic. The heart is not a logical organ. When I married Theodore Wallace, I thought I was over you. I was wrong. <laughs> When did you realize that? What? How much older is your husband? What difference does that make? Answer me. Twenty-six years. It's quite a difference. Jim, he was a brilliant man. We were stationed on a lonely outpost. We're working together. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about us. Look at me. Failing before my eyes, I, I want to do something to help. 
So that is their different number of, uh, uh, what you call it, coding. Right. To scramble their codes and stuff and transmissions. Remember the last bullet. Then news code three. Uh, yes, sir, code three. Message. Key to affliction may be comet, which passed by Gamma Hydra 4. Said comet is now... Quadrant four four eight zero. Quadrant. All units are to be alerted for complete analysis of radiation and means found to neutralize it. Found as highly dangerous. Kirk commanding enterprise. Immediately, Lieutenant. Let's go. Oh, Mr. Sulu. Increase orbit to twenty thousand mile parity. You mean another twenty thousand, Captain? I fail to understand why each one of my commands is being questioned. Now, do as you're told, Mr. Sulu. Mr. Sulu, what is our present position? Orbiting at 20,000, sir. <laughs> or Captain Kirk. Maintain. Maintaining, sir. Radiation. Well, that's as good as answer as any, but why didn't we know about it earlier? Possibly, Doctor, because my thinking processes are not as efficient as before. Run this through, Doctor. All right, Bones, I'm going up to the bridge. Keep me close. It's fine. I have a question for the Doctor. Shh. 
Doctor, the ship's temperature is increasingly uncomfortable for me. I've adjusted the environment of my quarters to 125 degrees, which is at least tolerable. However, I... Well, I see I'm not going to be making any house calls on you. I wondered if perhaps there was something which could lower my sensitivity to cold. Not a magician, Spock. Just an old country doctor. As I always suspected. Dr. McCoy, none of our usual radiation therapies will have any effect on this radiation sickness. Well, we just start over. That's all. We work harder, faster, and we start completely from scratch if we have to. But we find something. Can I have a word with you? Commodore, Mr. Spock, a starship can function with a chief engineer, chief medical officer, even a first officer on the physical bar. But it's disastrous to have a commanding officer whose condition is any less than perfection. I am aware of that. Please understand me. My admiration for Captain Kirk is unbounded. He is a great officer. But, Mr. Spock, I, I need your help in your cooperation. For what, sir? I would like you to take over command of the Enterprise. On what grounds, Commodore? On the grounds that the captain, because of his affliction, is unable to perform his duties. He can't I remind you, sir, that I, too, have contracted the same affliction. Yes, but you're a Vulcan. You have a much greater right lifespan. Now. You show the effects to a much smaller degree. I'm half human, sir. A physical reflex. Who can't command the ship? Kirk. Well, true. He's having a hard time. Right. Flexes are down. My mental capacity is reduced. I tire easily. No, sir. I am not fit for command. Well, if you are not, with your Vulcan physique, then obviously Captain Kirk cannot be. Sir, I do have duties to perform. Spock, do not like what I am about to say, but regulations demand it. As a Starfleet flag officer, I must follow regulations. The second in command of the Enterprise, you must convene an extraordinary competency hearing. I resist that suggestion, Commodore. It's uh, not a matter of choice. When a captain is unfit, physically or mentally, competency hearing is mandatory. Please don't make me quote a regulation which you know as well as I do. Very well, sir. Hearing shall convene at 1,400 hours. Now, this isn't gonna hurt a bit. That's what you said the last time. Did it hurt? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Galloway is... She's dead. Stalker, reluctantly called by myself. Let it also read, 
I consider it invalid. Smart, may I make a statement? I have had to resort to these legal grounds in order to save the lives of some very valuable members of the Starfleet. I have tried to convince Captain Kirk of the necessity of proceeding to Starbase 10, but have been overruled in each case. The responsibility of this hearing is mine. On the contrary, Commodore. As presiding officer and as second in command of the Enterprise, the responsibility is mine. Captain Kirk, you'd like to make a statement? Yes, I would like to make a statement. I am the captain of this ship, and I'm totally capable of commanding her. Let's call this whole thing off and get back to work. It's quite impossible, Captain. The regulations are quite specific. You are entitled to direct examination of all witnesses immediately after the board has questioned them. Very kind of you, Captain. Mr. how long have you served with Captain Kirk? Two years, sir. Your knowledge. Has he ever had any difficulty making decisions? No, sir. We order you to maintain standard orbit around Gamma Hydra 4? Yes, sir. Not several minutes later, repeat that order. Yes, sir. Did he order you to increase orbit? Yes, sir. Not several minutes later, repeat that order. He did not. <laughs> he did not. When I give an order, I expect it to be obeyed. I don't have to repeat my order. Answer the question. Yes, sir. Captain Kirk repeated his order. Thank you, Mr. Sewell. Atkins. You handed Captain Kirk a fuel consumption report, the presence of witnesses, which he read and signed. Is that correct? Sir, he had more important things on his mind. You simply answer the question. I... I guess he forgot he'd signed it. Yes. He forgot he'd signed it. Thank you, Yeoman. You may leave. Starfleet Command, which states that the Romulans have broken Code 2. These are your initials, which appear at the bottom. They are. Whose initials are those which appear directly below yours? Those of Captain Kirk. Did Captain Kirk ask you to send a message about the comet which passed Gamma Hydra 4? He did. Using Code 2? Oh, yes, but he changed it to Code 3. After you reminded him that the Romulans had broken code two. Yes. Thank you, Lieutenant. McCoy. Dr. McCoy. Yes. 
spot was several hours ago at the request of this board you ran a complete physical examination of Captain Kirk. I did. Medical banks compute described subjects physical age using established norms as comparative base. Working subject physical age based on physiological profile between 60 and 72 aging rapidly. Oh I'm 34. I'm 34 years old. Computer differs with you, Captain. <laughs> Dr. McCoy. Yes. Will you give us your professional evaluation of Captain Kirk's present physical condition? Captain Kirk is suffering from a, a peculiar physical degeneration which strongly resembles aging. It is not his mental capacity degenerating even more rapidly. Yes, yes, but he's a better man right now, Doctor. You heard the computer's analysis of Captain Kirk's physical age. Do you agree with it? Blasted machine, Spock. You can't argue with a machine. Do you agree with it, Doctor? is compiled by our own chief surgeon. All these things would appear to be irrefutable proof of failing physical and mental conditions. Oh, I'm a little confused. Who wouldn't be at a time like this? My ship's in trouble, my senior officers are ill. And this nonsense about a competency hearing is enough to mix up any man. Trying to relieve a captain of his command is... Well, that's... I wouldn't have believed it of you. All right, ask me questions. You know who he is thinking at that moment? Who? Kirk. 
Fuck, I wouldn't believe it. If I didn't see it. He thinks Spock is trying to take over his command. Oh, gotcha. Show you what I'm capable of. Nothing wrong with my memory. Well, ask me anything. We're in orbit around Gamma Hydra 2, right? Anyhow, it doesn't matter. A lot more to running a starship and answering a lot of fool questions. A lot more. Ask me a question. We have no more questions, Captain. Ask me anything. <laughs> anything. No more questions, Captain. If you would leave the room so the board can vote. Good idea. Get the stupid voting over so I can get back to running the ship. Fool thing I've heard of. Competency hearing on his work to be done. Back the first chance you get. Spock. 
get out. I never want to have to look at you again. where I can be of the most use. If you'd like to relieve Dr. McCoy. What about Jacob? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Bones, there has to be. There has to be. We beamed down together. We were on the surface together in the same spot. We were together all the time. No, not all the time, Captain. He left us for a few moments. Left us? Now the pieces are falling together. Yep. He went into the building. Something happened. Yes. Yes, indeed, Captain. Doctor, you will remember. He was scared. He saw the dead body. And he ran out of the building and he was scared to death. Yes, yes, no, that, that could be. Right, scared. Heart beats faster. Breath gets short. Cold sweats. Adrenaline froze. Adrenal activity. Hold, hold on just a minute. There's something that I read once. It was ancient history, just after the atomic age, uh, used for radiation sickness. Adrenaline. Doctor, pyrotalin is the specific accepted for all radiation sickness. Yes, yes. Now, for adrenaline. I'll be promising. Early research. But they abandoned it when Hironlin was discovered. Quite possible, Doctor. Perhaps a sufficiently efficacious compound could be developed. Well, don't just stand that jaw and spunk. You and Dr. Wallace get cracking. Well, uh, Southern has come out more. Right? Well, <laughs> quit jawing there, Spock. You and Doctor get cracking. Exactly. Entering Romulan neutral zone, sir. All sensors are maximum. 
Thank you, Mr. Sewell. Lieutenant O'Hara, let me know if we contact any Romulan. I think you've sir. Romulan's approaching from both sides. There's bracketed, sir. Engineering wants instructions, sir. Mr. Stoker, what are your orders? Frozen with fear, he doesn't know what to do. Right. Commodore Tucker has never commanded a starship. No, Jim, you can't do that. I didn't know the bridge were under attack. Nerd! Dr. Wallace! Let me go. Nerd! Nerd! We're under attack. I've got to go to the bridge. I've got to go to the bridge. Nerd! Dr. Wallace! You're trying to raise the wrong hands. I'm trying. If I can talk to them. Explain to them why we violated the neutral zone. The Romulans are notorious for not listening to explanations. Lieutenant Hoover is right, sir. We've tangled with them before. Greenhorn. Up there, running my ship. Jim, if I have to give you a shot. No. Oh, Jim, boy, you just lay quiet. You can't do no good. We're both through. No. No, my ship. My ship. Doctor, made the necessary computations and produced this serum. It is crude and dangerous. We had no time for refinements. All right, let's, uh, let's go. It could cure or kill, Doctor. Give me any Balkan details, Spock. Just give me the shot. No. I'll take the first shot. Can't. How long do you think the ship can take the pounding? I've got to get up there. Jim, it could kill you. I'll die anyway. Do it. Dr. Wallace. Give him the shot. So right there was a moment of brilliance for Kirk and Spock, even there in their advanced age. Right. Because with the Greenhorn, Commodore Stockton in charge, who does not have a clue how to fight against the Romulans, or command a starship. Right. Kirk is putting his life on the line, because regardless of it, whether he puts it on the line or not, he's going to die. Right. At this point. So, it, I mean, if it doesn't work. So, technically, he is correct. Right. The best kind of correct.
to do it. Surrounded by Romulan vessels. Maximum of 10. Range, 50 to 100,000 kilometers. Engineering, this is the captain. I want full emergency power. I want everything within about two minutes. I want the warp drive engines on full standby. Kirk out. Open up a special channel Starfleet command. Code 2. The captain, code... That's an order, Lieutenant. Code 2. Yes, Captain. Code 2. Message. From Enterprise to Starfleet Command, the second. I've inadvertently encroached upon Romulan nuclear... Now, you remember, Koji's already been broken by the Romulans. Right. Kirk knows this. Right. Neutral zone, surrounded and under heavy Romulan attack. Escape impossible, shields failing. We'll implement the struct order using Cobramite device recently installed. <laughs> Everybody gets it except for... Uh... The Commodore. Since this will result in the destruction of the Enterprise and all matter within a 200,000 kilometer diameter and establish a corresponding dead zone, all Federation ships will avoid this area for the next four solar years. Explosion will take place in one minute. Kirk, commanding Enterprise out. Sulu. Course 188 degrees, mark 14. Speed, warp factor 8. Stand by. Danny Rice. Romulan's giving ground, Captain. Obviously, they tapped in as you expected them to. A logical assumption, Mrs. Spock. Are they still retreating? Yes, sir. Good. All hands. Stand by. Walk factor eight. Now. <laughs> say so, Captain. I am now quite aware of what a starship can do. He's the right man at the helm. You looking good, Doc? Feeling fine, so is Scotty. Sir, work. Muscle during the reaction. Otherwise, he's feeling fine. And yourself? Oh, very well. A few bruises here and there. Oh, anytime you're ready, Mr. Spock. I am quite ready now, Doctor. Because of your Balkan physique, I've prepared an extremely potent shock for you. However, I thought you might like to know that I've removed all the breakables from Sigma. That is very considerate of you, Doctor. I thought you'd be pleased to hear that. Well, gentlemen, all in all, an experience we'll remember in our old age. Which won't be for some while, I hope. Take over, Mr. Saloon. Steady as she goes. Steady as she goes, Captain. I thought I said that. <laughs> I 
That was season two, episode twelve. What do you think of that one, Darum? I liked it. Okay. What do you give this one for a rating? An eight. Right there with you. So, who do you think this episode hinged on? Captain Bone Sulu check off the Doctor Laney. Dr. Wallace. Uhura? Okay. Okay, you forgot McCoy. Okay. Commodore Stalker. Scotty. Okay. So, yeah. Anything else? No. I did notice something. When they were... When uh, Galloway comes in and dies, if you looked on the wall, you could see a reflection of uh, another room where there were... Uh, People working. Oh. I just noticed that a little while ago. Gotcha. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Alrighty, well I guess until next time, which hopefully next week we can do two episodes. We'll see. If you're off. We'll see what happens. Alrighty, well until next time, I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we will catch you in the next mission. Bye.